Well, again, welcome, and we are here to celebrate our mamas. Over 100 years ago, by an act of Congress, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. He established it as, as it is a time for public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our great country. It's certainly true that no nation is greater than its mothers, for they are the makers for the next generation. Having said that, like me, for many of you, Mother's Day is tough because we've lost our moms. As a pastor, I try to celebrate every mom in the room without isolating those who have lost moms or those who have never had the opportunity to become moms. I came across an article that re- titled, An Open Letter to Pastors, A Non-Mom Speaks About Mother's Day. Before I share this, keep in mind that Mother's Day is the third most attended Sunday of the year. Even though we have great crowds on this day, many avoid this day because it's hard for them. So in this article, the writer wrote, To those who, have, who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage or failed adoption, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, we walk with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. And to those who are pregnant with new life, we anticipate with you. You know, I believe the most undervalued person is the mother. Periodically, there's a website called salary.com, and they release the salary that a mother should receive. The last time they posted this was in 2021, and it reads, Consider, if a stay-at-home mom earned an annual salary for all the jobs they perform on a daily basis, the median annual salary would be $184,820. It's a lot of money, but when we think about our mamas, they wear a lot of hats, don't they? So moms and grandmas, ladies, thank you and God bless you for all that you do. This morning, I want us to revisit a passage that all of us are familiar with, Proverbs 31. A few weeks ago, Danny and I attended the services for Debbie Russell's mom. It was a beautiful service and the pastor did an amazing job of memorializing her. 
And he did this by sharing Proverbs 31. And when I heard that message, I felt the Lord leading me to share these verses with each of us this morning. And if you turn to Proverbs 31, which I want to invite you to do, um, the heading of that chapter probably reads something similar to the words of King Lemuel. Except for what we learn in this chapter, we know absolutely nothing about who this man is. Some say that Lemuel was a nickname for King Solomon. That could be true, but we are not told specifically who he is or, or, or anything like that. What we know about this man is that he had a mom, a woman that loved the Lord. She loved her husband. She loved her family. And she worked hard for the betterment of her family as well. So let's look this morning at the impact of a godly mother. Beginning in verse 10, let's read from Proverbs 31. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff. And her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of her kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. What a woman, right? You know what this woman is? She's a woman that women have been aspiring to be since the word of God was put into our hands. Let me begin by saying that that even though every woman may have been aspiring to be this woman, you are not this woman. And you should not put it upon yourself to try to measure up to her. You are not her, just like the men in this room are not Paul or Peter or Charles Spurgeon or Jonathan Edwards. We are the individuals that God created us to be. Yes, we can learn from this woman. Yes, we can learn from the saints of the past, but we are not them. Notice point number one this morning. Let's look at the strength of a godly mother. Men, the first few of these verses have meaning for us. 
Did you know that of the 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs, 30 chapters are primarily addressed to men? 22 verses are dedicated to women, but 893 or so are dedicated to us men. Why did God dedicate 98% of this book to us men? Do I really have to answer that? Let me count the reasons. We are hard-headed. We are quick to speak. We are slow to listen. We are quick-tempered. Some of us even are remote hogs, right? The list could go on and on. One of Billy Graham's favorite stories is about a husband who never brought his wife anything. But on one Mother's Day, he reasoned that he was going to bless her on that day. So he, cha- he decided that he was going to stop by on his way home and buy a box of chocolate and a dozen red roses. And he was going to surprise her. So when he arrived home, he decided to go to the front door and ring the door de- doorbell. And when she opened the door, he said, Honey, I love you deeply. Happy Mother's Day. She instantly began to cry. But he noticed that those tears were not tears of happiness, but tears of sorrow. As she dried her eyes, she exclaimed, Oh, Harry, this is the worst day of my life. The dishwasher broke, the toilet backed up, the kids have been fighting all day, the house is a wreck, and now you have come home drunk. (laughs) Notice how we should treat our wives and our moms, men. First, they are to be treasured. In verse 10, again, we read, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. You know, there is nothing more valuable to a man than his wife. In Genesis 2, 18, we read, then the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. In the beginning, God recognized that it was not good for us hard-headed men to be alone. So he provided us with a helper, and we are to treasure her. Notice also, she is trustworthy. In verses 11 and 12, men, notice the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. One writer says, what's unmistakable in Proverbs 31 is how fruitful, productive, and active this woman is. She is buying fields. She is making goods to sell at the market and tending to everyone in the house. She is a go-getter because her husband is not a dictator. You know, I've been a pastor for many years. I have witnessed many men lord themselves over their wives. That is unhealthy and unbiblical, and certainly not how a man of God is to treat the women in our lives. A man is to trust his wife. We also know that she is to be praised. In verses 28 and 29, we read, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. All of us need a little praise in our lives at times, don't we? We all need a good attaboy or attagirl, a good pat on the back. Women like that, men. They like to hear it from their spouse and from their kids and from others. 
Man, we need to be the encourager in our home. Kids, love and appreciate your moms and praise them for all that they do and all that they have done and all that they will do. Notice next, notice the attributes of a godly mother. A man came home from work, and he found three of his children outside. They were still in their pajamas. They were playing in the mud. There was food wrappers and boxes all over the place. The door to his wife's car was wide open. The front door also was wide open. The man proceeded into the house, and he found even a bigger mess inside than outside. A lamp had been knocked over. The front room TV was blaring some cartoon channel. In the family room, had toys scattered everywhere. In the kitchen, dishes filled the sink. Breakfast food was spilled on the counter. The fridge was open wide, and dog food was spilled all over the floor. He quickly headed upstairs, stepping over toys and piles of clothes, looking for his wife. He was worried that something might be wrong with her. He was met with a small trickle of water as he went up the stairs, and that water was coming out of the bathroom. As he rushed to the bedroom, he found his wife reading a book in bed. She looked up at him and she said, Honey, how was your day today? And the man kind of, with a shock look on on his face, said, What happened here today? And she again smiled and answered, You know, every day when you come home from work and you ask me, What did you do today? She goes, I didn't do any of it today. So we see here a woman that does a lot throughout the day, doesn't she? One thing about a woman is that a woman is full of wisdom, especially this Proverbs 31 woman. The first attribute I want us to look at when it comes to this woman is her wisdom. The book of Proverbs is a book full of wisdom literature. From the first verse of this great book to the ending are words of wisdom and instruction. Notice how Solomon began this great book in Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through 7 we read, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of King David, or David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and the riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, these are the opening verses of Proverbs. And then in the closing verses, we see a woman described with wisdom. In verses 31-30, we read, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This woman demonstrates her wisdom because she fears the Lord. She not only demonstrates wisdom by fearing the Lord, but she speaks with words of wisdom. She opens her mouth, we're told in verse 26, with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. You know, I know my mom, my wife, and the women in my life have certainly demonstrated wisdom as they have opened up their mouths. I may not have wanted to hear it all the time, but as I look back, I certainly appreciated it. Another attribute is found in her work. 
In verses 13 through 15, we read, She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. You know, when I think about my mom and my wife, I think about women that worked hard for their families. They worked hard inside the house and they worked hard outside the house at their place of employment. A Proverbs 31 is woman is committed to working hard for her family. In fact, we're told in verse 15 that she rises even before the sun. Then in verse 18, we're told that her lamp does not go out while it is still light. From before the sun rises to after the sun sets, she is working to better her family. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is this sustainable? No. That is why as men, we are to rally around our wives and family to help them and support them. As a church family, we need to rally around our young families and our single parent families to help them and to encourage them. Let me encourage you with these words, women, um, found in Isaiah chapter 40. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs, lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. You can find rest for your weary bodies in the Lord, can't you? Next, we see her compassion. In verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. You know, a godly woman is committed to making an impact inside the home just like she is outside the home. She serves the poor and the needy. She lives her life not with a closed fist but with an open hand. She is also courageous. In verse 21, we read, She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed and scarlet. You know, most of the women I know demonstrate greater courage than their spouses do. They tend to worry less. They tend to stress less. They tend to complain less. In 2 Timothy 1.7, we read, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. A Proverbs 31 woman is a courageous woman. Notice also that she is wise, especially in her choice in a mate. In verse 23, we read, Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. A Proverbs 31 woman does not settle for the first man that walks through the doors. She is selective. She is picky. She searches for a man that is going to be the spiritual leader in the home as well as the spiritual leader and influencer outside of the home. She is not looking for a hypocrite who lives one way around their church family and another way around their own family. She's looking for a man that will love God, love her, and love and cherish her and her children. Young people, do not settle. Do not compromise. Seek a godly mate who will love God first and love you deeply. Notice also, she is a woman of faith. In verses 28 through 30, we read, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, 
and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The greatest attribute of this woman is not her beauty. It's not her cooking skills, not her ability to make clothes or to dress pretty. It's not her strength. Her greatest attribute is her love for the Lord. And her love for the Lord is demonstrated by her fear of the Lord. And to have a fear for the Lord doesn't mean you're scared of the Lord. It means that you reverently come into the presence of the Lord. It is a desire to please the Lord. That is what a person of faith does. They seek to please the Lord in every area of their lives. And because of her faithfulness, notice her reward. Verse 31, we read, Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. You know, Mother's Day has been set aside as a day to honor the ladies in our lives for the sacrifices that they make on a daily basis. You know what a Proverbs 30 woman's greatest reward is? Her family, her friends. So let us love the women in our lives and let us encourage them and appreciate them. And remember, a Proverbs 31 woman is honored by her children. She is honored by her husband. She is honored by those in the community. But most importantly, she loves the Lord. Now, this is an amazing woman, isn't it? She is unique, just like each and every woman and man in this room is equally unique. There are great attributes in this woman that all of us can inspire to have. But remember, don't try to measure up to this woman. Be the woman that God created you to be. Be the man that God created you you to be. Impact this world the way God created you to and set you apart to do. You know, again, as I began this message, I know that Mother's Day is a very difficult day for so many in this room because you have lost your mother. Maybe you have lost your spouse. Whatever the reason might be, what I want to challenge all of us to do is honor the women in our lives today. Women, thank you. Grandmas, thank you. Mamas, thank you for all that you do. As we close this, our time together, I'm going to be standing here at the front this morning. I don't know what decision you might need to make this morning. I don't know this morning if you need to come trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with the Lord. If you don't know for certain if you were to die today where you would spend eternity, I would love for you to come this morning. I'd love to share with you more about how you can enter into an eternal relationship with the Lord or you can catch me after service. I'd love to share with you more. You may be here this morning. You just need prayer. I'd love to pray with you. I don't know what decision you need to make, but I want to invite you to stand this morning, and I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, and then if there's a decision you need to make, you come. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this morning. Father, thank you, Father, just for the opportunity to gather in your house. Father, I thank you for this Proverbs 31 woman. Father, in this woman, a son recognized a mama that loved you, a mama that loved her family, a mama that loved her husband and worked hard 
to better her family. And Father, there's so much that each of us can learn from this woman. And so, Father, I pray most importantly that every single mama and grandmother and lady in this room today recognizes how valuable they are in your eyes. Father, I pray that their love is first of all for you. And then their love will be for their husbands and their children and their families. Father, I pray this morning, if there is someone in this room that does not have a relationship with you, that today will be the day of their salvation. I also pray this morning, Father, if there's someone in this room, Lord, that just needs prayer, that I would love to pray with them, or maybe they need to go to somebody in this room and just say, hey, will you pray for me? Father, I don't know what decision needs to make be made this morning, but I know that you do. Just pray that you'll move now. First in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's a decision you need to make, you come. You come.